Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, Kirk and I are going to go over the five reasons your lead generation isn't effective and how to fix it. All right, Kirk, where do we begin, dude? Um, welcome, everybody, to today's podcast. This is a really important topic. And, you know, I think what most advisors want in their businesses is to create a system that produces consistent ideal outcomes with reasonable effort and investment, right? That sounds like a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And the truth is what most advisors want and how to get there is by building lots of relationships. That's what marketing should be focused on. But, you know, advisors are being held back and they're being held back by the allure of silver bullet marketing techniques marketed by gurus that keep them from focusing on, on building, I guess, a sustainable marketing strategy and system. Remember that post I put out this week, Matt, or a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, the one that, that got like went, 10 million views. Yeah, I totally remember that. Well, 7,500. Um, okay, I never I exaggerate. I never, is, ever exaggerate. <laughs> But we might as well explain, you know, how because yeah. we have the data, might as well share it. Sure. And do you remember what that was about? Uh, it, w- it was about the myth of 10x. Yeah. And the myth or the promise, maybe yeah, myth and or promise that that 10x, when it's marketed that way, that that's a done deal, right? Um, and the truth is, is when you contact those people, they're going to say, what do you mean by 10x? Is it 10 times ROI or is it 10 times my business or my revenue or my profit? And they're going to say, well, what do you want it to be? And then all of a sudden you own it and it was you that said it, not them. That's really the my opinion. I'm not saying anybody who uses this is, is involved in trickery, but that's the idea is to make you own what kind of 10x it's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. But the reality that people that, that market this way, it, it adds to the allure, right? Which is I want to 10X my business or my profit or whatever. And the other one is we fill your pipeline. Fill your pipeline with what would be the first question I would ask, right? So, you know, there's three common tactics or cert, which you could equate to searches on Google that advisors pursue, right? We said that what they want is the system. And what that really means is building a relationship. But what they really focus on is leads. So these three common tactics, which could, could also be, noted as searches on Google are one lead generation or tactics. That's what they're looking for because that's what they equate the system to be. Two is scripts or uh, to get referrals from clients and or three scripts to get more referrals from service influence. Those are three of the most common approaches to trying to get what advisors want more of. But what they really need to focus on is relationships the perspective or the pursuit of that to be relationship focused, not lead generation focused. Well, let's talk about that because I think that's an important point of distinction here is I think advisors think that they want leads, but you're right. They really truly want a relationship. So how do you define, how are you using the word lead? So I would define lead as capturing attention or someone's attention, then making emotionally stirring claims, then making an offer to solve, which sounds like good marketing. Where this really differs is that the offer usually is an event that sharpens pain and expedites a decision. So the idea of of a lead, in my mind, the biggest differentiator is that the outcome is quick or, or short term. That's the idea is how quickly can we get somebody to engage and that engagement or lead, then it's quickly in the mindset of 
now I need to convert them into a client. And there's not really a lot of attention paid or any kind of process to develop a relationship. It's all about expediting. If I get them in front of me, I can quickly expedite that relationship. Isn't that really- They're comfortable to say yes. And that's a that's a too big of a, too aggressive of a sales cycle. And that causes a lot of other pains in, in advisors' businesses. Isn't that really old school thinking though, Kirk? I mean- don't most financial advisors that, that are successful in the industry really truly want to just focus on building long-term relationships because a lead isn't going to provide you with a referral. A relationship is going to provide you with a referral, right? Yeah, I don't know. if it, I mean, I think it's easy to say it's more traditional thinking, but I think it's just more than anything, it's prevalent thinking. Okay. It's the thinking that's developed because I think more and more people who are in sales and financial services in particular have only been able to equate the tangible outcomes, the measurable outcomes that are typically direct outcomes that are more attributed to pipeline types of and lead generation types of activities versus brand awareness or shortening the sales cycle or scaling your credibility or inspiring more referrals. The things that are harder to track that are powerful, powerful marketing techniques and tactics and strategies, you know, that make marketing go from bad to to good. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming podcast. Those things don't enter an advisor's mind as far as the ROI and whether or not they should do it. They're, they're not prevalent, that thinking. And that's a big problem. I think part of it is it was maybe slightly more traditional, but I think more than anything, it's what's prevalent or not prevalent. Well, let's talk about attraction. So we talk about attract, intrigue, engage, and influence in our system here at Top Advisor Marketing. What does it take to attract these leads? Well, Attraction is making sure that you're pushing your stuff out, but it's really connecting with people and having some point of, of interest and having and being omnipresent. So being able to attract people in a whole bunch of different ways, attract them to your podcast, attract them to your ad, attract them to their social media page, attract them with your email, through word of mouth. There's all kinds of ways, but attract is, is really important. But once you've attracted them, if you don't have a message or a story, then you're kind of fall flat. But if you have those things, your lead generation is definitely going to be, or the idea of lead generation is going to be a lot better because they're going to connect with you, right? But the, the one of the big differentiators that defines a lead is that you're typically marketing on your terms with how lead generation typically happens, right? You're, you're, you're pushing out seminars. You have a booking agent who's, you know, making cold calls and, or, or using their, their online tool or website to attract people and they get them as, uh, get the meetings with different advisors across country. That's a very popular one where you're running an ad or your call to action is a free consultation. So those types of things are what I would, they're all lead generation motivated or short, quick fix or silver marketing bullet oriented. Those are marketing on your terms, right? And if we move to the idea of defining a relationship or building a relationship, those are built on marketing on their terms, doing all the hard work to give all the credibility, generosity, specificity, so that they can absorb and engage in your expertise, allow the sales cycle to happen naturally for them so they can be comfortable instead of having an event and forcing them to make a decision, which is either yes or no. And most of the time it's no, and those no's, they just disappear, right? You do a seminar, you know, 95% of the people, even more, don't respond. And then you, they, you have no way to nurture them except for the next flyer or postcard or whatever it happens to be that goes out or, you know, Facebook ad. There's no nurturing happening there. There's no relationship happening there, right? So marketing on your terms is about figuring out 
changing the dynamic of how you approach and the expectation as well, which is going from marketing on your terms to marketing on their term on their terms. And that's a big part of, you know, why lead generation isn't effective. It's that perspective and that pursuit, if that makes sense. Well, when it's all about you as the advisor instead of all about them, right? I mean, that that huge perspective change right there is, that's the difference between a relationship and a lead is is, is that focus. I love that. Now, now, let's break down on how you can not just define the relationship, but use this relationship marketing to really start generating momentum and start bringing in ideal clients. Yeah. A couple of different ideas here. And you can still identify pain, right? You still want to do that because you want to motivate them to want to move forward and, and figure out how they're going to solve or understand that pain. But then you quickly go to educating them on that pain and providing them choices. So talking about the source of the pain, the implications of the pain, and then giving them choices. And sometimes those solutions are you know, the obvious solution would be that they could contact you. That'll be obvious to them. You can say it and make make it easy for them to, to take that leap if they want to. But your choices should be about educating them in different ways, giving them multiple mediums or opportunities to learn more about how they can, you know, understanding the pains and the things that they haven't done right in their uh, financial plan. The next one is provide direction or steps or resources to solve that. It doesn't always have to be you solving that. Sometimes it's just them figuring out what's going on in their life. And those are important things, right? So offer more opportunities to learn about their pain, their issues, their obstacles, solutions, and resources. You can have an event, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the first thing that comes to them, right? Let them figure out what they want to be. And if you have an event um, they can come when they're ready, if that makes sense. It does, um, but I want you to be a little bit more specific. So I'm going to I'm gonna push you on this here, and I, I might be jumping ahead. But what are the things that our listeners should be doing to build these relationships? Give us tangible things that, that you believe they should do in order to provide direction and offer opportunities for, for them to learn more about their, their pain uh, points, the issues, the obstacles. What are the solutions, Kirk? Well, they, they have to be focused on relationships and be relationship and credibility focused. And that's that's the big so that mindset shift is really important. And they have to market like experts. So you have to you absolutely and unequivocally have to have a blog or a podcast or a video or a couple of those. They can actually feed each other, right? You can record a podcast and have a writer turn that summary or transcribe it, turn that into a blog. And then you could take a couple of key points and do a quick video on them. There's all kinds of ways to, to leverage that. Uh, you could have a course. Um, you could have an email nurture sequence that's focused on education, not on selling. You could have white paper or white papers. Papers don't have to be 20, 30 page uh, research documents, right? They can be concepts that you break into key points, just like an article, but maybe there's a little more to a paper where you've got a checklist or something like that. Those can be really powerful. Or a paper could be a series of podcasts or blogs um, and turn them into a paper, right? So there's all kinds of neat opportunities there. Sometimes you can create a white paper, put a lot of thought and effort into it, and then break that down into a whole bunch of podcast episodes. Once you get one thing done, it can turn into all kinds of other things. Social media and other forms of outreach are absolute must. If you can't be omnipresent, like if you can't have your content show up in a lot of different places, then people, then you're more marketing on your terms, right? Some people like Facebook and not Instagram or they like Twitter or not LinkedIn. We find LinkedIn is an incredible place because there's a lot more likelihood of engagement with professional content there. So that's a really neat place to be. 
with your professional content, but you want to make sure that you have a social media strategy that's based on education and not on selling or you know, offers. Another thing is, you know, chatbot on your website, having a good website, things like that. So marketing on your terms is having enough content in enough places, all about your client, all about education and have different points of engagement so that they can keep experiencing what it would be like to work with you. Just imagine like when we get a call from somebody who's downloaded and read both of our, you know, a couple of our white papers, we have many in the Bluzer Academy, or they've listened to a whole bunch of our podcasts or attended a webinar. There's so many different ways to engage us. And they, be, they, they show up like advocates and it's a much different conversation. And even if they haven't engaged in that and they were referred to us and they haven't taken the time to check us out, as soon as we mention the things that we have, well, have you had a chance to read our white papers? No, I haven't. Have you listened to our podcast? No, but I, I know you have when I saw that on your profile. The instant credibility from having those is in, makes an incredible difference on the sales process. And there's plenty of financial professionals and companies in this industry that do not have any of that. One of the big things is that you and I talk about a lot. Actually, we talk about these five things all the time. But one of the greatest reasons that your lead generation isn't as effective. And I'm, I'm sticking with the idea of lead generation, but we're, we're basically we're turning it into a relationship-based focus. And it's really these five things that shift it. The first one is the lack of audience clarity. Most people do not know their audience and or know how to speak to them. Therefore, they almost don't know what to talk about, right? And you work very closely with a lot of our clients on helping them, you know, create topics and outlines. Maybe you can explain what some of those experiences have been like, because you're usually overwhelmed when you first talk about it, right? Well, they are terribly overwhelmed. You know, they, they, they come to us and they're like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And I always start with their website, right? So I'll go to their website and I'll look at their information and material. And then I start distilling those into podcast topics. And then on our podcast discovery call or our podcast topics call, that's when we flesh them out. And at the end of that whopping 30-minute call, because it's never more than 30 minutes, we have eight to 12 podcast topics that they feel super confident about, right? Mm -hmm, they feel absolutely. like they're like, oh my God, now I can totally hit record and feel great. So yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is when we first, when we started realizing how many of our clients were really concerned about whether or not they could come up with that many topics in, in a given year based on the frequency of two, two per month. There was, a, there was a fair amount of anxiety around that. And so what you suggested we do is you had somebody in our team create a list of, which turned out to be a list of over 100 plus topics with fully built out outlines for podcasts and different financial topics. And the funny thing is, is it's a wonderful resource I don't know how often you've had to use it. <laughs> I don't use it. I think that's what we just keep adding to it, right? That's the thing is we'll get done interviewing a client, one of our one of our voice talents will interview the client and 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 then what we'll do is we'll distill that and make it very general so that we're not, you know, uh, basically having cookie cutter stuff, but uh, this just happened with me recently. I was just talking to an advisor. I said, you know, hey, we started the podcast off with, you know, hey, tell me what you're hearing from your clients right now. That spurned three different podcast topics that I was able to go back and flesh out on this document. And, and Kirk, we're up to like 140, by the way. We have we have almost 150 topics on that. That's crazy. So those are resources that our advisors, you know, working with us can can use to leverage if they're having what people refer to as writer's block. Although I've been told there's no such thing as writer's block. I watched a masterclass video on that the other day. Anyhow, so audience clarity is a really thing. You, get, you gotta know your audience. Uh, the next one is you gotta be able to um, to get better to move from lead generation and relationship uh, generation. 
is there's a lack of niche value. So you got to be able to create value. And this is probably one of the most important points about why you should move to a niche audience or a niche specialty is because when you are highly focused on specific expertise and, and specific audience, you can create more value than your competition can because they're trying to be experts with a whole bunch more people, right? When you create that much value, it's very difficult for them to compete with you. That becomes a huge point in differentiation for you and a huge opportunity, provided you're exploring or implementing a, a thought leadership or an expertise marketing strategy. But that's a really important one is not being able to have enough value. And you know that the more niche and the more value you can create on a podcast, those podcasters uh, do very well. And they do well more quickly, if that makes sense. It does. I think that that's one of the things that people overlook is is that aspect right there. All right, what what else what else we got going on here? What what uh what else are we missing? So number 3, uh the number 3 reason is the lack of expert credibility. Advisors I think have had this mindset, not all but a lot, and it's industry-wide that you should immediately because you're a financial advisor, because you have a CFP, because you have that title and whatever designation you might have and what and just what you do for people that you should automatically get a certain amount of credibility for that. And the truth is, is that less and less will people give you credibility just for having a label. There are certain labels that get more credibility and financial planner is not one of them. So for instance, a lawyer and or an accountant seem to have better relationships with people as far as being professional designations that have a lot of credibility. But financial planning is, you know, had its share of challenges from a PR perspective. And the truth is, is that that's not a bad thing. It just means you got to go prove your, your depth and your expertise to build that credibility. And it was thought that just, a, you know, a referral meant there was instant credibility. And even that isn't, isn't the case, right? So, you know, one of the benefits that we hear back from our clients all the time with the podcast is that when referrals come and they've got to experience our thought leadership through our podcast, we have so much more credibility than the people who, you know, before we had that podcast, that's a big, that's a big thing. So expertise, credibility is a huge, you know, mechanism to go from lead generation to relationship generation. And that's number three. When we talk about engagement, right? So I think this is one of the things that it, it really truly needs to be on the ideal prospect's time or your ideal client's time. How, how do you help people engage in a user-friendly manner that's wildly convenient to them? Yeah, so, so number four, the lack of engagement is really about most people when they're doing lead is they're not providing a lot of opportunity or multiple prospect-centric engagement options. So many financial advisors in their marketing don't provide you know, enough of these engagement options. And here's an idea of some good engagement options. Go listen to my podcast, download my white paper, read my blog, visit me on Facebook. Here I am on LinkedIn. If you'd like to receive our email newsletter, we can make that happen. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, whatever whatever makes you happy, however you want me to communicate to, I've got it covered. And when you give lots of people options, there's way more opportunity for them to experience you. I think that a lot of us get worried that we're going to lose somebody. But if you if you're consistent with it, even if you lose them for a month, you'll get them back. They'll eventually they'll see you. The trick is to stay, be around, be there, be the same person, be generous, be the expert that they want. And the, when they're ready, they'll expedite or they'll take that to another level, right? 
they'll amplify their interest, their engagement, and then they'll, they can escalate the engagement. And then at some point they might say, you know what, I got to go, I'm going to attend this webinar or I'm going to go, I'm going to call them. Maybe we're going to go for a coffee here, or maybe it's just, you know, we got to meet. I got stuff I got to work out. I'm ready. You've been around a long time trust you, love what you talk about, let's do this thing. Well, let's talk about time, because I think this is one of the things that it really poses a major issue, especially when it comes to the whole idea of lead generation versus nurturing relationships is, you know, is there a rule of thumb that you have found that can quantify or qualify the amount of time, or how can you expedite the amount of time you need to put in before that person moves from a prospect to a lead or a client? Well, you can expedite it by giving all the information and all the options to move as quickly as they want to when they're ready. And you can use good marketing techniques to move them along more quickly, right? By creating pain, by starting conversations, and by giving them lots of opportunities to engage you. You can certainly do that. I mean, a, a really easy thing. Imagine you're getting referred by one of your clients. They can introduce somebody to your podcast and say, look, when you're, you know, when you're done listening to the podcast, they have a great white paper that kind of sums up some stuff, you know? So first I'd probably listen to the podcast and they have a paper and they often frequently have uh, webinars where they get into a little bit more detail, what's kind of more, you know, going on in the, in the specific time. And so, you know, they can, you can almost lay out a pathway for somebody to engage and experience you. And that's extremely professional. And it's not that complicated to get there. It's not like this is some crazy marketing that only the richest or wealthiest, you know, financial advisors across the country can do. There's a lot of ways for, for the average advisor to engage in this kind of system. And if you can't do it all, do what you can do. But, you know, the fifth reason is really how what I would define as a lack of relationship time. There's a lack of commitment to letting these things move along at the right pace. Um, and there's ways you can escalate them or expedite them. And that is, expedite's a better word there. Um, and that's creating conversation and slowly influence them over time. But how do you influence people? You got to be everywhere they're at on a consistent basis and constantly give them expertise. So if you think about creating conversations, which is a really good tactic to use in social media, can you say stuff that gets them involved? Even if they're not commenting, that doesn't mean you've you've not engaged them because mostly what you want to do is engage their mind. And then understanding how to inspire conversation or at least getting people thinking about stuff and then being there, being present. And always, that's, that's a huge way to, to move from lead generation thinking to relationship generation thinking. And that mindset and these tactics will completely and utterly change the results, the long-term, the mid to long-term results you get from your marketing because you're actually building something that just keeps getting better and better all the time. Well, where do we go from here? How do we wrap this up? Well, I'd like to, you know, help advisors imagine what what their marketing could be if they're doing the right things. You know, ma imagine if you immediately, if what you're doing immediately resonated with your ideal audience as a specific area of concern for them and, and people like them. Imagine if you were able to provide immediate clarity and clear value for people in similar life, work, or wealth situations. Imagine if you could establish you as the undeniable expert in your area of specialization in their area of need. Imagine if you made it easy for your ideal audience to consume your expertise and learn more about financial implications of their current path. Imagine if, if all this information was available and consistently available to help them where the, when they're ready for help and refer others to it. When you make it easy, for people, that's when your real your marketing really starts to to move forward. Doesn't mean you can't be aggressive and proactive and trying to you know move them forward. But when you do all these things, that could be the marketing. You could have a sustainable system. Now, how many advisors after fifteen to thirty years can say that they had a 
a system of marketing that just, you know, stuck with them their whole career and was, you know, something they could actually implement on a consistent basis and just kept growing and growing and growing and getting better. Like a Joshua Brown, the reform broker, 10, 12 years of, of doing a blog. And he's a, he's a, I don't know if he's a household name, but financial advisors know about him. He's done incredibly well by just you know, doing the right thing for a long period of time and waiting for results to happen. Well, and look at Michael Kitsis. He's another perfect example. I mean, dude, that dude was blogging and podcasting before anybody was blogging and podcasting. He put his time in and he's got mm-hmm. probably one of the largest followings in our whole industry. He still does. I mean, he still puts the time in. I mean, he's got a larger team to support him now. Mm-hmm. But when you put the time in, and Michael is known for being incredibly detailed. Yeah. And that's that's part of his brand and his persona. And that's you know really important. But there's not everybody, you know, you got to find out what you're about. Don't try to be somebody else if you can't do it, right? If you're not a detail-oriented person, you're trying to replicate somebody else who is, you're going to fail because you you're not going to be able to keep that up. You know, Kirk, we, we, we have a client right now who uh, is in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, he's got a very large team now, but he didn't when he started, and uh, he loves to teach. That's his favorite thing in the whole wide world. And so instead of doing seminars, and I'm air quoting there, they do educational workshops, and he's done this for like 10 years, and they are a juggernaut of a firm because they found the right marketing technique technique that speaks to the advisor that they've done consistently over time. And now here's the best part of it. They've done so many of these educational workshops that were dinner seminars for so many years that they have been able to create an organization to partner with an organization that they no longer have to do the spend for dinner because they are known as the educators in the area. And so now they've saved literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on buying people dinner. And now people just show up because this person is known. That's the momentum that you're talking about. I think that's putting the time in, finding out who you are and what makes you unique and different and how you can get your voice into the marketplace. Yeah, you meant you meant doing that for client for consumers, not advisors, right? So yes, that is correct. So, so yeah, he is yeah. a financial advisor providing amazing education for a huge region of the Pacific Northwest. Gotcha. Yeah, there's there's so many wonderful stories when you have marketing that follows this this mindset. It's easier on your life and your practice because the people that come to you are more ideal, more ready to do business. I don't know if easier going marketing is really the right way to say it, but you're not switching all the time. Anyway, we're going to do a podcast here. Uh, I don't know, four or five episodes past this, maybe one episode past. I don't know what the the lineup is, but we're going to talk about the difference between good marketing, mm-hmm. bad marketing, good marketing, great marketing. And I think it'll be a really um, another eye-opening podcast for everybody. All right. Closing ideas, closing statements. Where do you want to leave everybody today? That was it, really. Just you have the power to make choices to build for a mid to long-term outcomes. And if you can figure out how to stop thinking about what am I going to do in the next 90 days or in the next you know year, but think about what can I build in two, three years is going to be more and more powerful. If you can shift that thinking, you're going to be way better off then, right? When was the best plant time to plant a tree? 20 years ago, obviously. Maybe maybe you could say 40 years ago, but like get the stuff done, figure it out, and then have a much better practice, you know, two, three, five years down the road. Well, I'm going to wrap this up with a quick story. So when I was teaching my children how to ride a bike, we were on a grassy hill. And, you know, of course, my wife and everybody told me they had to wear all sorts of protective gear. So my kids were all geared up in helmets and gloves and elbow pads and knee pads. And one of my sons, so I let I let my first son, Wesley, down the hill. And Wesley was staring at the front tire and he was overcompensating everything. And he only got like 10, 15 feet and then he fell over. Now, I had prepped them that you're going to fall and it's going to hurt. And so he was fine and he just picked up his bike and came back up. Then my other son, Derek, I did the same thing, but 
I told Derek to look at the end of the street, don't look at the tire, and Derek rode for 10 times longer than Wesley did. And I believe that's the same way that people make mistakes in marketing, right? Is they're taking that hyper-focused view on what's happening right now, and then they're over-correcting, right? Instead of taking the long view and making sure that they're going to have a much longer, smoother trip. And if you do that with what Kirk is talking about today and what we talk about in expertise marketing here at Top Advisor Marketing, there are a lot of experts out there that we're really good friends with who do great work for advisors like you. Take the long view. And by the way, you want your clients to do that too, right? So look in the mirror and remind yourself that guess what? You get really frustrated when, you're, when your client comes in and says, hey, the market's down 20%, I'm down 20%. You're like, we're investing for the long term. We're not selling anything right now. You haven't realized any of these losses. It's the same thing when you're thinking about marketing. Take the long view. It's going to be a much smoother trip. It's going to be better for you in the long term. It's going to stop frustrating your team with all the shiny objects that are all, all out there. And you are going to be truly a lot more successful in this advisor. Now, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe button below. That way, every time we come out of the podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you know somebody who needs to hear this, super easy to share it. And if you have a guest or a topic idea that you'd like us to cover here on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm. So for Kirk Lowe, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.